through men's roundtable and through grace, as I have pursued the Lord and pursued delighting myself in the Lord, he has shown me how so many of these things that I was pursuing are just so empty and hollow. Mm. And I look back now and the things that I was pursuing then, I can just so see the emptiness of them now. Not that I know all of it now, but it's just, you know, you go through seasons and now I'm just so thankful that I was, and I will hopefully continue to delight myself in the Lord and he will continue to kind of mold and change my desires. So that was a short clip of my interview with Jacob Cook, who attends our Grace Church downtown campus. My name's Chris Rivers, your host, and I want to welcome you to the Men of Grace podcast. In this interview, Jacob and I discuss his journey in discovering what it means to be an authentic man. We talk about the force of community, responsibility, and resources that have broken him of his relentless pursuit of power and importance. I'm really encouraged by this conversation, and I wish I had the kind of clarity, courage, and direction that he had at his age. So with that said, let's jump into episode six of the Men of Grace podcast. Well, Jacob, how you doing today, man? I'm great. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. Uh, This has been good to sit here a little bit and already hear some of your story, but tell us a little bit about you and your journey here at Grace. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, went to Clemson University. Uh, My sophomore year, I was introduced by, actually is now my brother-in-law. He brought me to Grace Powdersville. And so immediately kind of as I started coming, I noticed something different about the church, but I didn't know, you know, what that was until later on. Yeah. Um, so I came kind of the beginning of my sophomore year at Clemson and actually I did Kairos after my sophomore year at Clemson. So that was kind of when the Lord started to a work on my heart, kind of showing me the value of community and the local church. And then that summer was also when I was first exposed to men's round table. Yeah. Um, and then through Kairos, I actually led a, a forge group. Um, for a couple of years. And then once I graduated from Clemson, I started going to Grace Pelham and I led a uh, forge group for three and a half years. And a forge group, remind us what age. So were? yeah, forge group is a high school ministry. So I started with our um, forge guys about halfway through their ninth grade year. And so I went all the way mm-hmm. through until they graduated this okay. past year, actually. Um, so it was a great time. I mean, it was a, a really good way for me to die to myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, love high school guys, but you know, obviously it takes a lot of energy to sure. keep up with them and love on them and be patient with them. So it was a great experience, but, um, you know, some days it wasn't, you know, going into it, I think I wanted it to be this thing where, you know, we're changing lives, but a lot of times God just calls us to be faithful and consistent. And as Bill White would say, you know, pick up your burnt rock and just, uh, just move. So, and and back up one step too, because you mentioned Kairos, what is Kairos? Give us a little brief intro to what that was for you. Yeah. So Kairos is Grace's like summer internship program. So basically, and it's, it's grown significantly now since I did it, but when I did it, I was basically a part of the student ministry, so I interned under the student um, campus pa- or campus student pastor at the sure. Powdersville campus. So I was there working with Forge, working with uh, 24-7, and doing some stuff with Fusion as well, and helping with some of the summer uh, mission trips. Yeah, that's great. So you got involved in Forge, you're leading a small group, mm-hmm. and then tell us a little bit more. So um, so yeah, so I mean, met, met my wife um, through kind of Grace and Clemson. So um, we got married and started going to Grace downtown. And so kind of throughout dating, I was doing some men's roundtable stuff, then got engaged. We went through the merge ministry, which I, na- I think is now called Bridge. That's but I could be incorrect. Okay, yeah. So it is now called Bridge, which was a super, super powerful ministry that I would highly recommend. Premarital. Anyone. Premarital. Yeah, yep. premarital. Highly recommend anyone that is getting married to go through it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of hard conversations that you get to have that make starting out marriage a lot easier. And it's also good just to be known by a couple or kind Mm -hmm. of a group, whoever you're going through it with. So yeah, so currently me and my wife, we go to Grace downtown. So we got married. She was at the Grace Powdersville campus and I was going to the Pelham campus and 
we moved downtown. We've been going to the downtown campus now about two and a half years, and we serve on the Connect team, and it's been great. Been doing different men's roundtables, and we're just we're really thankful to be a part of Grace Church. It's been a huge part of both of our stories. Yeah, and so recently we're at this men's roundtable training, and you had shared some some stuff about power, about the importance to be known. I mean, just it was interesting what you shared. I thought maybe could you share a little bit about what you shared that morning? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so I mean, the cool thing about men's roundtable for me, and you know, I, I don't, I didn't grow up in Grace Church, but you know, this is the first time I was ever exposed to this type of kind of resource or ministry for men. Yeah. And so coming into this, I really had no framework or idea of what it looks like to be a man of God. I probably had some preconceived notions about what it looks like to be a man, but those were quickly kind of thrown to the side once once we went through this, which was great. So um, yeah, Men's Roundtable has been great for me. With someone kind of with my bend being more towards self-reliance and really trying to kind of pursue opportunities to kind of bring glory to myself, mm. it, it, was, it was humbling quickly because I think, you know, the culture tells us, you know, men are supposed to be powerful, and they're supposed to be capable. Um, and I think that was kind of what I was singularly focused on. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, what does it look like to kind of come under God and be dependent on God, but still lead? So that balance, you know, I'm still wrestling with, but it was it was just amazing to be exposed to this framework. And now I've gone through all of the men's roundtable studies. Um, a man and his wife was just huge. You know, I went through that with some, some guys that I was in community with um, at Grace before I got married. But really just, just kind of exposing in me where, where I was as a man and kind of what my perceived idea of what a man looks like and what God actually says about, you know, who men are supposed to be and yeah. what, what they are. And it just, I really just realized that I've just had been pursuing power for so long. Mm. What do you mean by that? Captivate our imagination a bit. What do you mean by pursuing power? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it was like, okay, what can I do to take myself to the next level? Because I'm very outgoing and social. It's very easy for me to kind of insert myself into different social circles and try to quickly kind of capture people's attention. Yeah. Um, And it, and I enjoy that and I'm comfortable in that space. So for Mm -hmm. me, it was like, how can I be involved in, in everything and be in charge of everything (laughs) and be, and it was very tiring and it's not, it's not really fulfilling when you're doing it for those reasons at all. And, and things that aren't necessarily bad things. And I think that's what yeah. the Lord's exposing me is, you know, I was like, oh, I, want, I want to be the first person to work. I want to be the last person to leave. I want yeah. to be the first person to volunteer to serve, the first person to volunteer to pray. Yeah. Um, you know, they want, want someone to public speak. Well, I like public speaking. You know, I'd, I'd, I'm happy to do it, you know. But none of this stuff, you know, maybe on the outside looking in, people are like, man, Jacob's really, he's able to kind of, you know, get it done. And I yeah. think that's what I wanted to be perceived as, someone that can really make things happen. But you know, it, it, I really was just doing it for my own glory and yeah. thinking that, you know, I would become powerful through doing all these things, which is not true, of course. Yeah. This idea of power, when do you feel like you first recognize this drive in yourself? Honestly, through Men's Roundtable. Really? Um, yeah. So probably through, it's a great question. God probably started doing a work in my heart before COVID. I was um, with a group of guys who used to met, meet at Chick-fil-A until Chick-fil-A closed down yeah. in the mornings because of COVID. But we, we went through a man and his work, and then we went through um, a man and his faith. Um, and I started to realize through that season of life, I was just working a lot. I was working a lot of hours, yeah. and it just wasn't fulfilling. And it was the first time in my life where I really thought, okay, like I'm, you know, I got really the job that I want, and I'm kind of, you know, we got a house, we got some things going. I'm like, all right, you know, this is kind of what we've been working towards. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so empty. So I was like, okay, well, what else? Like, there's just maybe something else that I need to mm-hmm. need to be looking for. And so, you know, maybe we started serving somewhere. And, and I just think I kind of felt some emptiness. And there's a lot of great things going on, but it was just I wasn't satisfied. Yeah. Um, and it's because I wasn't really doing it for the right reasons or I wasn't trying to glorify the Lord or I wasn't letting the Lord use me. I was just trying to figure out, you know, how much can I accomplish on my own? Yeah. So really, though, through 
I mean, honestly, the past probably six months, the Lord has really, mm. through a job change, um, has really kind of shown me, you know, the only way you're going to be powerful is if I'm powerful through you and if you depend on me. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, so yeah, I, I'd say that, I'd say that it's been, it's been eye opening. but, um, you know, there really was one point that I remember I was talking to my wife, we were on a walk and I said, I'm doing everything right and nothing is going my way. Mm. And I was like, and I don't understand it. And I was just kind of like, in that moment I was like, okay, well God's probably trying to do something then. Yeah. And I almost said, I'm a verbal processor. So when I said that, I was kind of just realizing, oh man, because I thought I was doing everything right, and I really wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. But just my heart wasn't where it needed to be, hmm. and so God wasn't there, and He wasn't a part of it. What, so, what was her response? You're walking, and you say that. What did she say? She just kind of laughed a little bit because she was <laughs> like, "Yeah, obviously." And my wife's way smarter than I am, right. so. Um, but she knows that I've just got to talk it out sometimes, and she knows sometimes I'll get to it, and sometimes she's got to kind of help me. Yeah. But then, I mean, she really kind of helped me begin the conversation of, okay, what is God trying to teach us through this? Okay. Because um, for me, it was work-related. It's like, I mean, I'm doing everything right. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm working super hard. I'm producing at a maximum level. Yeah. And it's just not working out. Yeah. So, you know, you're walking with her. You tell her this. And then probably shortly after, you started Marriage Matters. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what kind of insights did you get from that? Yeah. Marriage Matters was, was unbelievable. I mean, and, and the one thing I will say about just these grace resources and ministries is just the language that they give you. Yeah. I think something Men's Roundtable and Marriage Matters has given me is language for things that I'm like, okay, that is, that's what I was trying to say. Or that's yeah. what I was trying to figure out, but I didn't have the language for. Can you give us an example in Marriage Matters of, a, of something like so that? So the whole responsible for, strong for thing was, was huge for me and Lydia's relationship. Okay. Um, just because, you know, there are, there are things that, that I am responsible for. And, and for me, I am more on the end of the spectrum where I, I try to be responsible for everything. Okay. Um, where, which is, you know, just as equally as damaging as the other side of the spectrum where I try to manage and get involved in things that really I'm not responsible for hmm. and I'm causing more harm than good. Okay. Um, and then, so, and then my wife being strong for and, and providing support and, you know, providing strength. I mean, she does an amazing job with that. Yeah. Just, just providing strength for me and for our family and, people around her. So the responsible strong for was, was powerful for us. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that men are responsible for the people and the situations that God brings into our life and that we move towards people and situations and we depend on God for wisdom, for strength, mm-hmm. for self-restraint. I mean, it could be anything, but there's this idea what you're talking about. The opposite side of that is really passivity right. where we're not moving and we're just still, we're just kind of left to whatever we want to do, or we're self-reliant and we're not depending on God. And that's really a form of independence. So as you kind of see this idea, because you did mention before our conversation, you talked about a couple ideas that I'd love to double tap on. One is relationships. Number two, authenticity. And then you did touch a little bit about the workaholic idea. And I think we all struggle with that. But talk a little bit about how the language that you say you've received from Grace, Men's Roundtable, uh, Marriage Matters, how has that deepened your relationships? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing specifically through Grace that Bill White's talked about a couple times and Matt as well is, like, are you on the hook for the gospel? Like, would someone say, I actually remember a couple months ago, Bill said, I mean, do you have someone in your life that would say, Jacob's on the hook for the gospel? Mm. Like, no question. Yeah. And I remember just being like, no. Like, I mean, outside of my wife, and I don't, I mean, I would hope she would say yes. Yeah. I was like, but she knows me better than anyone else. And, you know, I'm, I'm not known in that way. Yeah. And that kind of began to work in my heart of realizing, man, I am spread so thin, trying to be responsible for so much. What does it look like to just 
just be still yeah and just kind of be like all right god like where am i overstretching myself where do i need to pull back where do i need to dig deep um and i kind of talked about this earlier but just you know activity is not necessarily productivity Mm. and i think for me i i I try to fill my days and my weeks to where I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm getting so much done. I'm accomplishing all yeah. of these things. I'm meeting with all of these which people. Which makes you feel powerful. Which makes me feel powerful because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I have an impact. Yeah. You know, I'm carrying weight. I'm producing like all of these things that a man does, yeah. you know, or my perceived, you know, uh, idea of what a man does. And really when Bill said that, I mean, it was just, it was very clear, which is nice, I guess, painful, but nice that it's like, no. Nobody would say that about me Mm. just because no one knows me well enough. You know, I think that a lot of things that I am doing reflect that in some ways, but Mm. I'm not known. And so just the idea of, all right, what does it look like to kind of pull back and not not be so spread thin, not be so involved, but kind of dig deeper in some areas so I can be known so God can grow me. Yeah, because, you know, I'm it's it's such a catch 22, but I'm trying to be powerful and love on people. But I can't be truly powerful if God's not working through me. And I think that idea just kind of. I mean, I was just kind of humbled. I'm like, man, like I'm trying to do all of this and I, I can't, I can't do it without him. And I was tired and I was lonely also through COVID and work and grace. I quickly realized it's like, I mean, this isn't sustainable. This isn't feasible. Like I'm trying to carry this weight for all these different people. And really nobody really knows me. Like I'm not known, but I'm, I'm putting, you know, I'm trying to get to know all these people, try to help them. And really, you know, it, I had a good motivation. Like I really wanted to love all of these people but I wasn't being known and I wasn't relying on God um, just to have community that would love me the way I was trying to love other people. And it really kind of came falling down when I just with work, I just didn't have time to hang out with anyone for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then I realized oh, I'm not really that close with almost any of these people. Yeah. And then when it all kind of surfaced, I was like, all right, I've got my brother-in-law. I've got a couple other friends and my wife. Yeah. It's like, this is really all I need. And it's not that I don't want to make, more friendships or relationships, but just the value of being known. And I just kind of discovered that value, I guess I would say. That's really good. I remember when I was in college at a house with like seven guys Mm -hmm. and um, my dad got this house for us and he was like, you can just rent it back. I was like, it's a good investment. I was like, thanks dad, you know? And, um, but I remember coming home one night and I was having this conversation with the guys and he was like, man, I appreciate your friendship. He's like, you know, bro, I'm going to be really honest with you. He's telling me this. He's mm. like, you're, you're not my friend. Like, you're an acquaintance. Mm. And I was like, hmm. okay, I was like, what do you mean by that, Jonathan? And he, w- he just he helped me realize that I wasn't allowing myself to be known by anybody. I just was in this house, and I thought mm. I had friendship, yep. and I thought I had, like, something that was maybe close, um, but it really wasn't. It was just I was treating him as an acquaintance, and an acquaintance is very different than an actual brother in arms. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's exactly how I was feeling. I think I was, and I, I written this down, but I was almost thinking that my just activity was productivity as far as, yeah. you know, relationships and being known. And kind of when the dust settled, I was, I've really felt alone, yeah. which for someone probably that knows me well and looking into my life and seeing how I'm kind of all over the place. They're like, well, you know, he's probably never feels lonely because of just how active he is and how he's kind of involved in everything. Yeah. And I just kind of felt, wow, like, you know, in this time where I'm really struggling, you know, my, I'm known by my wife, but as far as kind of biblical community and men around me, I really wasn't known. And I just felt, I just felt really weak. Um, and it was just surprising because it was the first time I feel like I'd ever let myself be still mm. enough to realize, okay, like I don't have men in my life that really know me that the way I need to be known. Yeah. As you've grown 
in your relationship with the Lord? And why is that even important to you? There's a couple reasons. I think for one thing, it's just the accountability. Um, I think as a, as a man, and I'm not necessarily a newlywed, but two and a half years in and just realizing that, you know, marriage exposes so much of my selfishness and just my brokenness. Mm -hmm. And I'm still called to lead and love my wife. And I think one thing in particular is I really just want to be my relationship, my wife to be known by some men so they can help me because I've quickly learned that in myself, I'm not able to be the husband I need to be all the time and the man of God and the leader um, just all by myself. And so that's a big part for me. I think about just accountability in marriage, but also just accountability in life. I mean, I think that um, I can't remember who said this. It might've been David Delk in marriage matters, but he was talking about if someone is off one degree, you know, and you're walking on the same path, you know, 50 years later, those two people are, 50 miles apart from each other. Yeah. And so it's, Hey, do I have men in my life that are keeping me straight? Because it might not look like, Oh, you know, I'm not committing these huge sins, but are there disciplines that I'm neglecting? Are there, you know, ways that I'm not loving my wife. That's just got me that one degree thrown off on the path. And if I'm not known four five, six years could go by. And next thing you know, we're at an impasse and and people are like, well, what happened? Yeah. I mean, I talked about this a little bit at the uh, men's round table um, that you came to. So when I first got exposed to men's roundtable, and this kind of takes it a little bit back, but it ties into what we're talking about. I actually Googled the word authentic because I thought it was a powerful word, mm-hmm. and, it, and it is. It absolutely is a powerful word. Um, and one of one of the kind of synonyms or definitions of it's a, of undisputed origin. And so when I think of that, I'm like, well, okay, like w- would anyone dispute who I associate myself with? Mm. You know, Christ. Yeah. Would anyone dispute that I'm a believer, that I'm a follower of Christ? And I think, am I living my life in a way where – people who know me from all walks of life would be like, Oh yeah, Jacob, Jacob is above board. He's above, you know, his, he's above reproach. Yeah. Like he's not. And, and I mean, the answer was just no, honestly. And wow. I mean, it was clearly no. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that, you know, yeah, maybe I'm not doing all of these, you know, committing all these sins that are so polarizing that, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, lukewarm Christianity is the same thing. And I think I was just exposed to man, like I, there's no movement in my life. Yeah. So, That's uh, good. That was that was kind of the uh, the authenticity. And that's been a word that's really stuck with me ever since. And I mean, really, it's kind of funny. That word alone has had such a big part of my story. Yeah. Just the fact that they would choose to use that word um, for the you know for, for men's roundtable has just been really yeah. powerful. Yeah, I feel like just being here at Grace now for many years and and he- hearing the language that we're using to help us reorient ourselves back to the gospel. Uh, it is freeing. I think in some way it helps us become compelling in a sense, which really is powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Like in our own efforts, we try to be powerful, but yet when we humble ourselves through that frustration of in our own sin, our own brokenness, that's when we become powerful. Your story is encouraging, especially because you have been here for a while, mm-hmm. but then even saying in the last six months, God's doing work. You're still right. changing. You're still being being challenged to grow in your faith. So anything else you'd want to share? Yeah, I mean, I just think to that point, I, I would just say that's why I'm so thankful for Grace and the kind of the continued resources they're pouring into their their body. Because I think exactly like what you're saying, I mean, a year ago, I was like, man, like, you know, I learned this, this, and this. And then six months ago, I'm like, man, like, I was an idiot these last, you know, 12 <laughs> yeah. months. And I'm sure right now, in six yeah. months, I'm going to be like, you know, God is just continually exposing and doing works and in my heart through grace and through community and through kind of the resources that they're put in front of us of just, you know, here's some language for some things that, you know, you think you may be doing right, but you're not. Yeah. So, you know, right now it's, man, I'm, I'm being super self-sufficient. You know, what does it look like to rely on God and be dependent on God? And in six months, it 
could be yeah. something else. So I'm just thankful for. That's great. So is there any scripture that you could leave us with that we could meditate on or think about? Yeah, so one verse has kind of been pivotal pivotal, excuse me, through all of this. And it's kind of funny. I, I when I first read it, I actually kind of manipulated it to be what I wanted it to be. And then God kind of exposed that in my heart. But uh, Psalm thirty seven four is delight yourself in the Lord and he will fulfill the desires of your heart. Mm. And so when I first read that in the season of life that I was in, it was easy for me to just be like all right, cool, delight myself in the Lord. He'll give me what I want. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to get what I want. Mm. But that's just not what the verse means. And, you know, really, as I have pursued a relationship with the Lord and delighted myself in the Lord, he has changed the desires of my heart Mm. to things that will truly fulfill me. And he's been able to use me in ways that I just would have never been able to be used if, if I didn't do that. Yeah. I mean, and to be, I mean, to be honest, I mean, even, even here, I mean, when Ben asked me to share, I didn't really want to share my story and I didn't Mm. want to be known. And I mean, even now, even though I feel like I'm the most known that I have been, it's still hard for me mm-hmm. to be known because it feels like I'm not powerful if, if people know all of my weaknesses. Mm. And so even even being here now, I was talking to my wife when I was this morning, I was like, you know, I'm just praying that God can use this in a way because I, I didn't want to share my story and I did. And then I have this opportunity. Yeah. And it just shows that God is doing a work and things that if I can be dependent on him and give it to him, he can do so much more than I ever could. That's right, man. That's good. Well, that's a good way to land the plane here today. So I appreciate you sharing that, man. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, I want to thank you for joining us. If you know a man that would benefit from hearing this episode, share it with him. Having intentional conversations around these principles is a great way to start a discipleship conversation and move towards Christ. You can listen to all of our Men's Roundtable teachings, the Marriage Matters content, and other resources we discuss like Bridge and Kairos by checking out the links in the show notes or visit gracechurchsc.org. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.